Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, Auburn's premier home for student-run radio since 1971. I'm your host, alongside my color man, Davis Carroll, joined by the illustrious Alex Houston and the incomparable station manager, Grayson Moyer. We'd like to welcome in our listeners and viewers from around the Auburn Obelika Megaplex and around the world, however you may be tuning in today, whether that be on your terrestrial radio antenna through the information superhighway at WEGLFM.com or tuning in after the fact on Transistor.FM, wherever you get your podcasts or now watching the video on Eagle Eye TV. We are happy to have you here in the booth with us for Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. And now, broadcasting live from the Bradley Basin WEGL studios in the bowels of the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University, where it is a lovely 75 and sunny this fine Monday morning, it's Compact Discourse. We welcome you a most sincere buenos dias, guten morgen, bon matiné, or a good old American good morning as we get on with the show. Davis, Grayson, Alex, how are we all doing this fine morning? I'm doing okay, but I do resent you calling the first floor of the student center the bowels. Like, I, I know I call it the basement sometimes, but that's a pretty big misnomer. We have windows down here. I mean, not in our office, but they exist. There you go. There's your qualifier. There's windows in basements. <laughs> There's windows in basements, David. I think there the are. point is you shouldn't call anything the bowels of a building in general. Well, well sometimes I've never heard cr- spicing things up. Y'all are crazy. Yeah, so, sometimes it's correct. If you're in that, like, tunnel under Shelby, that's the bowels, but we... We're just on the first floor. We, we may be built into the side of the hill, and we may n- get no natural light here in Weagle, but, you know, we're not in the bowels. Well, at this point, I would like to remind our audience, listeners and viewers now, that at any point in the next two hours, you feel so inclined to ask a question, drop a hot take, or on the unlikely event that we get something wrong, you can go ahead and correct us. Go ahead and call in at 334-844-WEGL. That's 334 334- 844-9345. You can also shoot us a tweet at CDISCAU. That's at C-D-I-S-C-A-U. And our dedicated team of call screeners will handle your inquiry. Well, with all that, let's get on with the show. How does it feel to be part back on a video show, guys? I'm really happy with it. Or I, I think you might be the only one here who's actually been on one. We have. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. we I did, guess we you guys are on Extra Point. I'm sorry. Point. Um, that was a generalization on my first part. First time since the Extra Point finale to be back again. And really, I mean, this will be the first time consistently since, what is it, fall of 2020. Yeah. Because that's when the Extra Point came back again and then disappeared again. So, pretty cool. I've got to actually start shaving regularly again. So. <laughs> Good. This is to get keep Davis up on his appearances. <laughs> This entire thing is just a grift to help yeah, Davis. Yeah, make sure I shave on time. All right, so um, forget. we will get right into the discussion for today, beginning with a little bit of campus lifestyle, a little bit of student affairs action, something I know uh, the three of us took part in last week, and that is picking up your student away game tickets. And I know it's not an episode about an episode of Compact Discourse without a little bit of complaining, so I'm sure we'll get to that here <laughs> No. Yeah. Go ahead, and if you are interested in attending any football games this season, home or away, you are going to need to get the Get app and add your mobile Tiger card to your Apple or Google wallet, any kind of mobile secure wallet, whatever your phone has. If you have a Motorola Razor, which I've heard are back, um, you can get it in there as well. 
go ahead and add it to your wallet because that's the only way you're getting into a football game this fall, be it home or away. For home games, you're checking in at the door like you're buying a coffee at the store. And for away games, you are heading over to the scholarship entrance at Auburn Arena by the Charles Barkley statue and picking them up from the window. Paper tickets, of course, because how else are we going to do it in the year 2021? But if you're interested in picking up students, students tickets home or away, you are going to need that in your Apple wallet, which can be a point of contention for some people, but I think it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make to get into the football games. So do you guys pick up your away game tickets? How many did you get? I just got the one to LSU as well. I think, Davis, wait, no, you have more than me. I got LSU, South Carolina, Arkansas, and whatever the other one is. A&M? A- no. Oh, n- not Penn State? What did I get? Because there's only five. I thought you just got three. I got four. I'll check. I'll check. I still have them in my bag. <laughs> ah, there you go. Good deal. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I picked up all five. That is at Penn State to start out, at South Carolina, at Texas A&M. They're in my textbook. At LSU and at Arkansas. So, excited to hit, hit the road and see some games this fall. I only have three. It's my fault. What you got? I got three, said. Arkansas, South Carolina, and LSU. Going to be fun. Don't steal anything from me. (laughs) So, quickly now, did we have any problems with the way we picked up student tickets? Alex does. Jack, you're you're asking that question (laughs) because you know what happened. Or at least you know that there there may have been. It's good radio, Alex. He's setting you up for a drink. Yeah, I mean, so so first of all, I mean, I'm not going to be as hot-headed and complain about this as much as I did the day of. Because the day of, I was very, very angry about it. Now I'm just kind of, eh, whatever. But... So, you know, if you all read the email, right, they were like, you must put your uh, Tiger card on your Apple wallet. That is the only way to pick up away game tickets. Tiger cards will not be accepted. That was the only option. So, of course, I go up there, um, and Jacob goes first, and he says, hey, so we want to sit together. And the guy basically sort of says, yeah, obviously, if you guys go back to back, you'll sit together anyway. So, Jacob gets his in five seconds, and I get mine on my Apple wallet, and I go and tap the scanner. It doesn't work. He's like, quick, shift your phone around at an angle. Now, come down at it at an angle facing the top of your phone. And I did that for about three to four minutes and none of it worked. Which again, I've had this problem on my phone for a while where it doesn't do the Chick-fil-A check-in thing either. Like it doesn't work on that, which it's fine because I've never really needed it and the rest of my phone works. So I wasn't going to ever fix it. Um, but then, you know, I'm thinking, oh man, what am I going to do? Because they said the only way to do it is with my phone. And the guy says, oh, just use your Tiger card. And then I used my Tiger card in all of like five seconds and I got the tickets anyway. To where I guess just... And then the guy says, you may want to go to the bookstore and have them fix this on your phone. Or, And I don't know how, how I would even do that anyway, let alone if I would have to buy a new phone in general, which I wouldn't want to do for one thing. Because my phone is old, but it still works. So I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do in that regard. And again, if it's not going to work on game days, what I'm supposed to do with that either. But I guess I just don't really understand what the point is of not being able to use your Tiger card if you can. Well, the entire point is to keep people from sharing tickets. I mean, that that's the whole thing. That makes the, sense. Uh, so I had a president's council meeting where they talked about this pretty extensively because apparently they're, they're remediating this, but people have had issues with door swipes on the new yeah. ones. And functionally, the Tiger card and your phone do the exact same thing. As far as the reader can tell, it, it doesn't know the difference between a tap and your phone. So, you know, the text the same. 
That makes sense. But I mean, I don't know. It's just it was just annoying because it was like the whole you cannot, you must use your phone only. And then I, and the second they realized now we're like, oh yeah, just do this, and then it worked. And I was like, oh, cool. Because now I've got to I've got to at least. I think my only thing that I can do since I know it's not going to work on game days because my phone doesn't do that. I would have to go to one of like the there's like a practice swipe thing outside the stadium, and then I, if it doesn't work there, I'm supposed to contact them and tell them that it doesn't work for me. But I don't know what else I'm supposed to do in that regard. Interesting. But, I hope mine works. I don't have to do all that. Well, I mean, well, if you're if your guys work to pick up the away tickets, you should be fine. That's the thing is mine has <laughs> never worked in regards to any of this. It doesn't work with the Chick Fil A thing, you know, because they've got this little just tap the tap, tap the square, and mine has never worked. So, Do you have the new card? Uh, yeah. Okay, and the card works? Uh, well, the card actually works even less on like vending machines now, too, so that's a great thing. My card does not work on any vending machines. I also still don't have swipe access, which I think is my card-related rather than <laughs> not filling it in. So, You charge your Wells Fargo side of the card, Alex? Well, that, that won't work on the vending machines oh, never unless mind, you man. put money in it. Have you put the, money in it, Alex? That's the other thing we've heard. Apparently, the new ones are a little bit more susceptible to getting like demagnetized. I haven't had that confirmed by Tiger Card yet, but I've heard that from people well, who've had I, them in like phone wallets and stuff. I haven't used it for. I mean, I've used it to go to like places like the Edge, and it's worked. But in terms of like swiping through um, vending machines or getting into the door here, does not yeah. work. Okay, so. so I know, but for those people who may not know, what is something you could do to your card to make it get demagnetized? So there are a few things. Apparently one of the big ones for this one is like leaving it in a phone wallet and putting it on a wireless charger or anything like that. Um, or just having it in a phone wallet in general seems to affect it. I've never done that. I've so. done it by accident before, and this is going to make me look like a gigantic idiot. I'm staring into the camera right now. Um, my Tiger card, my old one, started delaminating because I kept using it to like scrape things. <laughs> and so I tried to iron it back together. And if you heat it up, it demagnetizes. Awesome. That's awesome. That and I had to get it replaced. But yeah, don't do that. Don't get it near magnets. Wireless chargers are a no-go. Um, if you run it like in your pants pocket through the dryer, um, I'd check it before an essential thing. But I mean, that goes for any mag swipe card, credit cards, anything like that. Live and learn. Okay, well, uh, we do want to give a quick COVID-19 update for the university. Auburn students are once again being reminded of the university's latest COVID-19 protocols, specifically involving testing positive or being exposed to the coronavirus. Any student, faculty, or staff member who tests positive for COVID-19 is required to submit an online self-report form. Students who have been exposed to someone with COVID should also submit a self-report form. That step is very important in getting the university to monitor trends and determine what rules need to be made. And I'm sure uh, the, re the rules and regulations that go on on and off campus. Once a person submits a self-report form, they receive an automated email from the COVID-19 Resource Center providing detailed instructions. And you will get additional instruction throughout the length of your quarantine. And that is also if uh, when you self-report is how you get access to the resources that will get you out of class. If you need an excuse to get out of class, that's how you're going to get your university approved excuse. Uh, you can get this info. You can get all these links. If you just go to the Auburn University COVID Resource Center, it's not that hard to find. I had to go self-report and it was just one Google search. Or you can go to your This Week at AU email from last week. I'm sure it'll be on the one this week as well. Um, or lastly, uh, if you do email your professor that you've been exposed or have it, they usually direct you over to the COVID-19 Resource Center. So please continue to stay safe. 
please continue to wear masks inside university buildings if you're unless you're actively eating and drinking intermingling with other people it's just going to help everybody out and keep everybody safe and that's about it unless you guys have any other COVID-19 updates I know we all want to be rid of this as quickly as possible and following the rules is how we do that I saw something about a new Delta subtype found in England. Uh-oh. At a concert. Have you verified this before you say it over the air? There's called the Delta Plus variant. Okay, have so, you verified this before yes, you say I it over did. the air? Plus God, Delta is what you do at the end of a meeting to decide what you like and what needs to change. Oh my gosh. So I it, saw It might be a little bit of office humor you've fallen victim to. <laughs> I saw um, some uh, guy who was like, oh my gosh, guys, the new variant, it's COVID-22 or whatever, even though that's not <laughs> at all how you do any of that, like in terms of naming viruses or anything. So that guy, well, if I we, don't remember his name. If we've learned anything from the past year and a half. It's that people don't know things. That's it. a very good point, Jack. Nobody knows anything. All right, so before we hit the break, I am going to tease a little bit of what we have coming up this week. Do you guys know anything about the University of Akron? Um, that we're In Ohio? Them. Okay, two good facts. We are, oh, uh, <laughs> we are playing them, I, I know, and I know. they are from Ohio. Woo! But their mascot, while they are known as the Zips, which we can get into at a later date, as that's a fun name. I know what they are. Their, their actual man-in-the-suit mascot is a kangaroo. Yeah. It's, actually, ah, yes. it's a lady kangaroo. It's awesome. one of the few lady mascots in, uh, co- in college sports, so that's pretty interesting. So for trivia this week, I'm going to be asking four questions about kangaroos just to get us hyped for this Akron game coming up because college football just a few days away. So brush up on your kangaroo knowledge and get ready for this one. All right. The kangaroo is one of five animals on the Australian national coat of arms. If you can tweet at us at CDiscAU and name any one of the other four, you will win a, bright, a shiny brand new shout out on the show and infamy as we continue to honor your legacy as the first person to ever correctly answer a kangaroo-related trivia question on Compact Discourse. So if you think you know or you just want to take a stab at it, I'm sure you might get it if you just guess Australian animals. You may be the winner of a shout-out on Compact Discourse and the knowledge that you are able to identify kangaroo-related trivia to a T. With that, we will be back with some more Compact Discourse after a break. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com. Or if you're watching live video now on our Twitter page or our YouTube page, we welcome you in to the show as we are broadcasting live from the WEGL studios right here in the Auburn University Harold Melton Student Center. I am joined by Alex Houston, co-sports director, station manager Grayson Moyer, and civilian Davis Carroll. Welcome into the show, guys. So glad to have you here, and thanks for making the trip over here on a fine Monday morning to be on the show with me. Let's plug a little Weagle action as we had a full weekend of broadcast this past weekend as the Auburn University soccer and volleyball teams were both able to come away with some big wins to start off the season extremely strong. We are very much looking forward to broadcasting the rest of the Auburn University volleyball and soccer home games right here on WEGL. 
because the teams got off to such a great start this past weekend. Where do we want to start with this one, Alex? I mean, I think one thing to really start with is because, you know, Auburn soccer has been good a while. You know, they've been, and th- this team was great last year, e- even with a lot of freshmen. Now these freshmen are, you know, sophomores, and this team is getting better. But volleyball is possibly going to be one of the biggest surprises of the year because, you know, they were bad for a long time. And last year they were – I mean, they did, did they not win a set? I don't, I they think won one. They won one set last year. And, again, that was in the SC-only schedule, and it was Brent Crouch's first year trying, and that happened. And they opted out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that, that happens. Um, but – you know, to open the season 2-0, and it's their best start since 2015. First time they started 2-0 since 2015. This was, Their game against Jackson State was the first time they hit over 400 since 2018. I mean, they're, they're playing a lot, just simply a lot better. And, a lot, and in such a short amount of time, I mean, I think, you know, I think it's exciting. I think you could certainly point to, you know, Jackson State and Tennessee Tech both, both had over 20 errors, which is a lot, right? Um... But still, Auburn, especially in their second game against Jackson State, hit 457, one of the highest they've hit in a long time. And I think it's just exciting to see. And, you know, Jacob and uh, Aiden were on commentary, and they were talking about how, you know, the lower bowl filled up like it was the whole student section of a basketball game was there. And, you know, it's really exciting times for Auburn sports, if that's the case, because, again, the soccer complex had a great crowd for Auburn soccer's first game against BYU, and now this. Just really exciting time for Auburn athletics in general. But, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, you said the, <coughs> excuse me, the lower bowl filled up. For, yeah, I mean, that's what, they, that's what they were talking about on the air. So, so. that's pretty awesome to hear, considering how much of a, a struggle it's been for the volleyball team in the past few years. And to win their first two matches and win them in a sweep, uh, three sets to none, and both of the uh, opponents they had in the War Eagle Invitational, that's, I mean, that's big. Yeah. It was first time they've they've swept anybody in straight sets since 2019, and they did back to back. I mean, it really it really was a way to set the tone for the new era by starting off with your best starts since 2015. I mean, they've got this tournament coming up uh, this weekend, and they'll be back at Auburn Arena on September the 8th. So, really, a chance to start the season off strong in this next uh, week or so. That's good to hear, and you can catch all of the home volleyball matches right here on WEGL 91.1 FM or WEGLFM.com, wherever the uh, radio broadcast signal goes out, whether that be on your terrestrial radios or on the internet live stream. Uh, moving over to a little bit of soccer action, Auburn wins their first two games, I believe, against BYU and Sanford. We also beat Troy. And Troy. So, 3-0? and Yes. Statement wins for the Auburn Tigers soccer team as they look to continue their success that they've had over the past few years um, and kind of make some, kind of be the dominant leading sport in the, uh, the ladies' sphere to, to lead the charge for what everyone else is trying to do. And they, so, they did I mean, make the top 25, which was, I think, one of the first times they've done that in a few years. So they're doing it on the road as well, taking down both in-state opponents on the road, taking care of BYU at home on that uh, that rainy Friday night, I believe. Yeah, and their game against South Alabama that was scheduled for yesterday was postponed because of the hurricane and everything, but I imagine that'll be rescheduled somewhere down the line. So happy to see that, and once again, I want to remind you that if you can't get enough of Auburn sports, not only can you hear the volleyball matches at home 
on WEGL. You can also hear every home soccer game on WEGL 91.1 FM. So we're extremely grateful to have such great teams playing on WEGL. So be sure to check out all of the programming that comes along with those. All right, at this point, I would like to remind everybody to that you can follow WEGL on social media. That's at WEGL underscore AU on Instagram and Twitter if you want to do that. I know Aaron just posted a pretty awesome post from Auburn's win against the BYU team with a highlight from Aiden Kowalski, an infographic, pretty awesome. And beginning today, we are looking at daily content on the Instagram if you are looking for all things Weagle content. I believe it's a DJ spotlight of one Chris DeBias, who may even be joining us later on the show today, and he has his first show coming up on Wednesday. So be sure to check out the WEGL Instagram for a DJ spotlight of longtime WEGL veteran Chris DeBias. You don't want to miss this. And then daily content coming out every day, Monday through Friday, on that Weagle Instagram. So be sure to head over to Instagram and search for WEGL underscore AU. All right, I'm done shilling. What's next? Well, what is next, Jack? All right, we can move into a we can move into a little sports chat. I wanted to talk about Brian Harson, Stairs champion, and his oh, new yeah. policy in the athletic uh, building. So this is uh, coming out from several Auburn beat reporters. Uh, who have been walking around in the athletic complex, I think, and maybe in Jernhare Stadium as well, but definitely in the athletic complex. Coach Harson has placed signs on all the elevators and escalators that they are for injured players only. He wants his players to take the stairs. And you know what? I, I can't be mad at that. I mean, I think a lot of people were freaking out about it because the simple fact is he hasn't won yet. But, I mean, the guys that win, nobody really questions what they do. Saban is a very, very – I mean, he's been creating a culture since he got to LSU and then went on to Alabama. And, I mean, nobody questions it. Like, you know, like, oh, for example, people will always freak out when a head coach that does not have a history of winning starts losing on the sidelines. Saban does it every week. People just don't care because he wins football games. So what's the problem with it, right? Like, you know – we Auburn fans made fun of him for losing it at the end of, at halftime in the 2019 Iron Bowl, but it wasn't some national story like it would be for other coaches because he wins, right? And I think if Harson if Harson loses his entire time at Auburn, then stuff like this will be ostracized by everybody. It, but it will very quickly become yeah. like the Tennessee trash can. Exactly, exactly. But I mean, like coaches. Can I request a, a timeout? What's yeah. the Tennessee trash can? The, the, the Tennessee trash can was. It, it, it was a trend in the last five years or so that every time someone gets a turnover on the defense, they win like a gold chain or like a big pencil or like a silly prop. Or Kennesaw State's plank. Yes. Yeah. So it's that like a, they win like a one. silly prop. But Tennessee thought it would be funny to uh, bring out just like a trash can, that, that big gray trash can you have in your garage, yeah. you know that one, <laughs> and paint it in Tennessee checkered orange and uh, put GBO on it, go big orange, and then Butch Jones would – would hold it up in the air, and then the defensive player would come over and slam dunk the ball into the trash can, and most of the time they would miss. <laughs> so Very, very... Um, and and Tennessee word? doesn't win, so then it gets made fun of. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. Like, I mean, I really think this is not the craziest thing any head coach has ever done, and people acting like it is. It's just because it's just people love being on the hate train of anybody, right? And especially Harson as of late, because he's had negative PR for a while now, especially since the whole testing positive and whatnot. 
and I think and they're throwing the hats and whatnot. So I think people want to do that. But I mean, like at the end of the day, if the, if the guy if the guy wins and it works and the players don't have any complaints, then what's the issue? It's the same thing with you know the whole Chandler Wooten thing where he said I would have questioned my commitment too. Harson said he questioned, he was unsure of his commitment, and everybody lost their minds over it. And then Wooten came out like like maybe 12 hours later and said, I completely understood it and felt it was completely justified. And everyone was like, hmm, can we still be mad if the one player who was questioned is not angry about it? And that's the thing. If the players aren't complaining and they win football games, what's the issue? Like, I mean, I, I think this does ha- it, it does stink of it's the offseason and we have nothing to write about. Yeah, exactly. But as someone who has, has taken a, a month off of powered uh, floor-changing apparatuses, uh, I think stairs only is a good a good policy. I think it builds a little character. I mean, I mean, I like it's just it doesn't like it's not some tyrannical thing that he's like imposing on the program, and it's. No, I mean, like, come on, because there are the, there are those there are those head coaches in all sports that are tyrants for no reason. That's just reality, you know. I mean, you you'll see it especially at a lot of lower levels because high school coaches will exact way too much power over kids that are sixteen years old, and that's ridiculous. But I mean, this is just a little thing to maybe help establish a different kind of culture at the school and within the program. And, I mean, if the players aren't complaining about it and don't have a problem with it, I don't really see why the fans should have a problem with it either. I don't know. Yeah, your nay on stairs, Davis? I don't really have an opinion on it. I don't really care. It's stairs. It's not like he's asking them to, exactly like, give them his, their social security numbers before games or something. I guess that's where I'm at. It's like it's such a small yeah, thing. Exactly. Like, I take the stairs. I don't care. I, I just don't care. That, that's I, I don't care yeah. in general. I don't care that this happened. It doesn't matter to me at all. I mean, I don't either. It's just, I'm mad that people are upset about it for what is sure. amounts to yeah. no reason. Like it's the same. <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> He's that's back. stuck in my throat. There. It's the same thing when LeBron like stepped on. Uh, Bron, Jun- Bron James Jr.'s court, and they all freaked out for a month about it. They just need something to talk about, and this is Auburn's version of talking about whatever big athlete. Oh, LeBron ate this for breakfast. It's our version of that. <laughs> because here's the thing is, if as I said, if Auburn goes 11-1 this year and there's a Harson's first year interview, this will not be mentioned, but if they go 6-7 and seven and people say write an article on the first year, they're going to mention stuff like do, this do you for think no this, reason. Do you think the stairs helped? Like, I mean, it's just, <laughs> exactly. It's, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Did y'all win this game, or did they lose it? What do you mean? Something crazy like that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a reference to a video. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> when we come back from a quick break, we are going to continue talking about Auburn Sports. We're going to talk about Davis's shirt that he has worn to the studio today, and we are going to give a weather update, including what's going on in the world of Hurricane Ida. We will be right back after these messages. You are listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. And welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com, Eagle Eye TV, Transistor.FM, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And however else you may be joining us today, whether that's the live video on our 
WEGL Twitter or YouTube page, or if you found some way that I haven't quite figured out yet, please let me know how you are watching today. We are currently talking about Brian Harson taking the stairs, but I think we've wrapped up that discussion, if I'm being honest with you. I just wanted to give a quick back sell. So if you want to hear that discussion, you can listen to the podcast for the full episode, completely commercial-free. You can find that. Just go on Spotify, search for Compact Discourse, or whatever your podcast player of choice is. Usually gets uploaded around noon every day we have a show. But with that, let's jump right into the weather, everyone's favorite segment here on Compact Discourse. Currently in Auburn, it is 75 degrees, mostly cloudy. We are looking at a high of 84 today with a low of 72. This morning, there's a 10% chance of rain. This afternoon, it's going to get up to 81 degrees with a 31% chance of scattered thunderstorms as Ida continues to kind of spin her arms around the southeast. This evening, we're going to have a 50% chance of rain as it gets to 75 and cloudy. And overnight, be sure to put your plants outside because it is going to have an 86% chance of thunderstorms tonight as it's around 73 degrees and overcast. So expect rain today and tonight as Ida continues to tear through the southeast. Luckily, though, Ida has been demoted to a tropical storm after making landfall late last afternoon in Louisiana. So thoughts and prayers with all of those affected or in the path of Hurricane Ida, now Tropical Storm Ida, all of those in the Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas, and West Alabama areas who are affected by the path of this storm. But it looks like the worst of it is now over, and we are continuing to track it as it moves as just a thunderstorm now effectively across the southeast of the United States. So, I know you guys' hometown, home county of Mobile slash Baldwin, the ones down there, yes, um, ha- had a little bit of impact from the storm last night. I know Bankhead Tunnel was closed Good. at <laughs> 7 p.m. Uh, uh, in case of flooding. Is Are there, like, pumps at the bottom of the tunnel if water gets down I there? I think so. I would, I would assume to. so. If not, that would be a horribly designed thing. In the People still drive through it when it's flooded anyway. Yeah, so. and I mean, that that's that's one thing is no matter what happens, people in Mobile will just find a way to convince themselves they can make it. Well, the thing is, Mobile floods so easily, you kind of have to. I mean, if, yeah. it, uh, if it rains for more than 20 minutes, the, the, the roads downtown are going to be flooded. So it you is, just got to get used to yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, but... Um, Alex lives downtown, so yeah, he probably tested better I, yeah. than me. Uh, I live like maybe three or four blocks over from the n- district that floods almost every single major storm all the time. Like we're we're in a bit of a better spot. I'm kind of in like a Middletown area, but yeah, I mean it it floods a lot, and you know that's that's one thing is when you're living right on the coast, every single storm, even if it isn't a tropical storm, it sometimes feels like it because it's just, I mean, you're getting hit with everything. And, I mean, the, bi- the big thing that really goes on there that takes the worst of it is the place uh, below Mobile, Dolphin Island, which is counted as a barrier island, which for those who may not know what that means, that's just an island that just basically sits out in the open ocean and takes the brunt of a storm before it tends to decrease in strength. And it gets battered pretty much any time there's even a light breeze. Like, Hurricane Katrina cut it in half. My so, Grand Bay, where I live. Hold on. Okay. Before everyone's going to share some hurricane stories <laughs> or just heavy rain and flooding stories uh, while we're on the topic. But before that, I do want to remind everybody of our trivia question that is still pending. Oh, if you'd yeah. like to 
Tweet at us at CDiscAU. That's at CDiscAU, C-D-I-S-C-A-U. It's short for Compact Discourse. You can go ahead and do that. Tweet at us what you think the answer to our trivia question is. Of course, trivia this week is themed to Kangaroos, the mascot of the Akron University Zips, who are coming to town on Saturday to take on the Auburn Tigers. Trivia question for today and tomorrow if no one gets it. So send in your answers so we can get a new question. What the trivia question, I'm sorry. <laughs> it doesn't start with what. So the kangaroo is one of five animals that appears on the coat of arms of Australia, the land down under. If you can name one of just one of the other four animals that appear on the coat of arms of Australia, you will win a shout out on Compact Discourse and you will earn another trivia question for the next day. Also kangaroo related, so be sure to brush up on your trivia. Uh, just a little hint for you. One of the other animals on the coat of arms was a combatant in a great war. I, that was my guess. Well, yeah, you and I watched <laughs> the same YouTube video. You're also on the show. What? So. I didn't know the question beforehand. <laughs> I've been thinking about this whole time. All right. So if you know an animal that took part in a great war with the people of Australia, that is another animal that on they the lost. coat of arms. Shut up. <laughs> Who's they? The Australians. <laughs> So if you want to, if, from all the hints you're getting, you may know it at this point. If you want to go ahead and guess what other animals are on the Australian coat of arms besides the kangaroo, go ahead and tweet at us at CDiscAU. Or if you have anything else to contribute to the show, whether that be a comment on the Brian Harson stairs situation or a hurricane story, we'd love to hear you. So go ahead and tweet at us at CDiscAU. Get your opinion on the show. Questions, comments, concerns, all welcome at CDiscAU. All right, Alex, would you like to start? Or uh, Davis? I mean, we'll, we'll, direct, yeah, we'll direct talking about Grand Bay. Around. Yeah, I was just talking about Grand Bay. Ahead, literally Davis. right behind Dauphin Island. So I never really got any crazy. I don't have. Hurricane stories either like my house got swept away or it just rained a little bit. There's yeah. no in between for them. Did your house ever get swept away? No. It's oh. rained a lot <laughs> there, though. My house is pretty, it's pretty good. We live on a hill, so everything goes down. But there was one time at the Christmas tree farm, it got super, super flooded. And then I rode a Polaris through it, and then it broke down. We got stuck in the rain. That's the biggest story I got. That's a good one. You're you're on a Christmas tree farm. My family owns not my my indirect. I mean, like my cousins own one. I okay. used to work there, your and kin, it's literally your kinfolk. It's down the road. Everybody right. on my r- road, Ramsey Road, which is named after my family, they own it. Ramsey Christmas Tree Farms. Careful giving out your home address. Uh, they don't know my home address yet. There's a lot of Ramsey. Davis Road. is the man that makes Mobile go. He's got a Christmas tree farm, and then he also. Works at the Zog. Truly, tune in tomorrow. You just gave the name away, Alex, and we're supposed to know that. Tune in tomorrow for Davis's social security <laughs> number. <laughs> I was talking about that the other day. You can't. All right, all right, all right. Nobody that's listening to this episode listened to that episode, so we're fine. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even offer that episode. How was I supposed to? Know? All right, guys. My mom's maiden name is. <laughs> what was the name of your first pet, Davis? I'm just curious. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess it was one of the cats. But All I right, had my first pet as a dog. What did Abby Davis? No. All right. Jack has a question. Oh, go ahead. Do you have a hurricane story? I mean, I've have, got a lot. What's the biggest? We breathed a lot and it flooded a mobile, and then I couldn't get to school. No, that's, that's all going to be. That, that's. I mean, that's that's not re- that's not really it. Like. All right. What's the, the the worst one you've lived through? I mean, uh, the worst one that I lived through would definitely be uh. That Hurricane you Ivan, the one that okay. was before Katrina. Mm-hmm. The one that, that, how about you, that you remember? Yeah, I do. Because we, because we what? went. You were like three. I remember it. Because we, we, 
Shut up, Davis. Let him tell his story. I was first of all, I was in You're being annoying, Davis. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was, I was, yeah. I was almost four, turned three. But that one was that one was a lot worse for the mobile side of things. It didn't hit New Orleans as hard. People don't remember it as much because obviously, when any time a storm hits New Orleans, it's you know catastrophic. But that one gave a direct hit to Mobile in the Mobile area, and we went and stayed down at my aunt's house that was down the street because her house was higher than ours, and we walked back. Water was up to my waist as we walked through the street. And this huge tree that we had in our backyard was ripped out of the ground and teetering and basically was touching our roof, but it was still stuck in the middle of the ground. And it was there for like three weeks while me and my brother played in the massive hole in the ground, even though my mom thought there were snakes there. And eventually we got it ripped out and everything. But those are the best kind. We or my grandma had a tree like that knocked over in a yep. tornado where it just took the entire root ball. Exactly. Out of the ground. Yeah, it, was cr- it was crazy. And I mean, that was that was probably the biggest one that I've like seen. Obviously, of course, there have been other ones that, you know, I haven't been there and stuff's happened, especially Dolphin Island again. Like, it was uh, the entire island was basically underwater just like two days ago already, even though the storm had barely even begun. So yeah. those are always pretty bad, but that's because every storm at Dolphin Island is, like, catastrophic. They turn, off, they turn off the power anytime there's a lightning strike. Yeah. So, Jack, you and I live from a very landlocked and high ground part of the state, being from Birmingham and Hoover, respectively. Yeah. Um, so we don't really have hurricane stories. I mean, we got like, I think severe storms from Ivan, but we didn't flood. Um, now there is a local place that floods constantly that I think you would like to discuss that I would like to discuss. Okay. So if you live in the highway 31 area in, in Birmingham, you know about the diplomat Delhi, but you probably also (laughs) know about the Vestavia bowl, which Despite its name, yes, it is a bowling place, but I think it's also in a physical bowl of concrete because it has to be. When rain, when it, when it when rain rains, the Vestavia Bowl suffers. Considering every time any marginal amount of rain falls in the Birmingham area, this place becomes, as Alex is showing, on his, yeah, that's oh my goodness, becomes a, a lake. The third I, I, photo. Of all the establishments you wouldn't want to flood, I a think like the wood like, like a paper factory. Like, <laughs> uh, a fireworks factory. A fi- yeah. I think a bowling alley. There's a lot of underground mechanics yeah. going on in a bowling alley. There's a lot of tubes that can just get filled with water. I, I have discussed making a gimmick Twitter account called Will the Vestavia Bowl Flood? And it just tweets yes if it's going to rain at all that day. But I haven't, I haven't ever gotten around to making the bot, but I know it would take 30 minutes max. But, you know, Birmingham people don't appreciate Twitter. That's the sad thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at all at the Wikipedia articles for all the Atlantic hurricane seasons, trying to see one that would have... Barry? Birmingham? I don't remember Barry. I remember one knocked down a tree in our yard. I've heard about Barry before. That was 2008. Uh, um, in 2009. I don't know. I don't think we. It's so far inland that like most of them end up on the coast or something. I mean, like they, uh, they usually turn towards like Georgia. Right. I mean, there's not a lot. If of they're gonna do it, hurricane action in Birmingham. We get a lot of naders, but you know that, that's a story for another day. <laughs> I'm uh, just saying. Oh, when sorry. we come back in the spring, we will have tornado chat. Oh, good. Okay. Go ahead. You have I, an anecdote. I mean, my just like as I was remembering it, I still think the craziest thing is when Hurricane Ivan went through everything, went out to the Atlantic, and then came back around for a second go through. It literally made a made a U turn and came back. It wasn't it's, done with Mobile. I mean, evidently it was insane. I mean, how the that's just that's want to make sure that man. tree was falling on your house. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, that that's just bizarre. Like, I mean, because even even Katrina, as bad as it was, just went in a straight line and then called it a day. But like. All right. (laughs) 
enough hurricane chat for now. But we might have some more on the other side of the break. I think Chris Tobias has peeked his head in the window, so he may be on for the second hour. Don't go anywhere. There's a lot of excitement still to come on Compact Discourse. And welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com, or broadcasting live on our Twitter or YouTube page. You can catch the replay on Eagle Eye TV, or you can check out the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and Transistor.fm. All right, let's jump right back into things, beginning with an exciting discussion, maybe a recurring segment if he keeps bringing exciting stuff to the table of Davis's shirt. What are you wearing today, brother? Today, Okay, here I am. Today, I am wearing a floral pattern polo. It's kind of Hawaiian style, I guess you could say. It's got the nice hibiscus action. Very nice. compact discourse of it. It's you. very comfortable. I'm wearing it with some khaki shorts, a little on the short end. I'm getting used to them. But I got this from the America Swift store in Auburn, the gigantic one near Tiger Town. Inside the old Gander Mountain. Yes. It still has the still has the the rocked like pillars outside. What? It's pillars covered in like fake rocks. Oh, I've I've never been to this place. It's pretty cool. It's by the Home Depot. It was kind of like it's like just off the interstate. It was like uh, the Academy of Bass Pro Shops. Oh, if, if Dick's was yeah. Bass Pro Shops, this place was the Academy. I gotcha. And I got it for about five bucks. It's pretty comfortable, pretty nice and breathable. I like it. That's a good. That's a good party shirt. Thank you for wearing what, what, it. To what makes do, it a so party shirt, Jack? What's your categories there? It's it's whimsical. Yes. It's loose fitting. It looks good with the first few buttons undone. That's 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 critical okay. because it gets hot at the yes. party. So thank you for coming to my party this morning here on Compact Discourse and bringing this cool shirt. And I will be wearing another one tomorrow. All right. So I hear I, Davis is in on on the hunt for a job. Anybody hiring? <laughs> already applied for a job, so yeah. let's hope they hope they so, like me. So yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about what you can do about an on-campus job and experiences some of us have had with an on-campus job, not including this thing we love to do. So it's not a job here at WEGL. So do we? I mean, do we want to lead these? Because I've had like four of these at this I, point. I mean, yeah, so go ahead, guys. Very the lead, Grayson, world traveler. So I, I think my experience with these hasn't been necessarily the common experience i feel like a lot of people end up on campus deployment especially if you're like somewhere in the library where you end up you get the job and then it's a lot of sit and then every 20 minutes you get to answer a question you do your homework and that sort of thing um i've done a lot of different stuff compared to that but that seems to be the like common experience you know um davis what was your experience like applying for one what did you have it was, to do this time uh yesterday i literally just i was looking for a job like early mornings when like auburn employment options a lot of different things besides the library and even the library there's a few different options oh, you yeah. can have uh so i literally just went to au employment and then i just went to the library section and i just found whatever i would apply and i filled it all out they needed like who I was, obviously, some stuff about me, like classes, proof major, you're a student. Yeah, yeah. proof I'm a student. They also, you can give it to them, like your past employment, which I did, which Alex just so ceremoniously gave up me talking bad about them, gave their name out to everybody. <laughs> I hope they don't listen to this. I uh, they they won't. Won't. Also, give them your GPA. 
I think. Yeah, something. a lot of places like this have, uh, I mean, even Weagle has a 2.5 minimum. So the, the school's primary thing is to keep you focused on school. And if your GPA drops too far, you will be fired to focus on school. Oh my goodness. That's just, that's <laughs> how it intense, is. Davis. I mean, that, that's our rules here too. I, I can't let you on the air. to the real world. Two five. How, how, two five? I would get fired if I had a 2.5. <laughs> and I'm the head of this thing. Good thing I got a 2.6. Cut the head off the snake. It's very serious. Um, I don't know. I, I've I've had one job at the library. I had sort of mixed reactions about it. I was good at it, but I, I wish I could have done more with it. I was sort of bored more than anything. But, I mean, overall, not a bad experience. Very chill, very laid back. They're, they tend to be pretty understanding of your schedule, which I feel like that that's really the oh, big yeah, yeah. benefit with on-campus employment is that they understand that you're a student and will mm-hmm. mostly work around you because of that. Yeah, when, that's been my experience. When so I that job at the library was the Adobe help desk, sure. right? Yeah, and is that still active? Um, as far as I know, yeah. I haven't heard anything to the contrary. Um, I saw a they, guy at it the other day. Yeah, okay. so they're they're yeah. still there. So just as a um, PSA, there, if you need yeah, if, help, if you need help with Adobe products, um, they have some pretty highly trained students who know what they're doing who will like happily help you, including formerly Grayson, who trains me on every Adobe product. Yeah, he he shows me buttons I didn't know on the existed on the keyboard. <laughs> that's the fun part. I love when I get to teach people keyboard shortcuts. That's like that, that's my favorite bit. <laughs> but when you do apply, there is a section where you really just fill out every day of the week what hours you can work. Yeah. And like I filled it out where like the times I want to be free, I'm free, and the times I am free to work, I have it set where I can work if they take me. And, and I think the max you can have on campus employment is twenty yeah. between different jobs. Like I had. Technically, I had three at the time that I was working there, which I had to fit into 20, not technically hours, but units, mm-hmm. so to speak, because one job paid by the event and one was like a monthly stipend. Is there like a minimum you can have? I know for, I have as a friend that's working know, like no five or six or something. Um, like that. It might depend on your supervisor. It depends on your department, but there's not a like university level minimum. There's only a university level maximum, um, you know. It, yeah. It's just going to depend on what your job is and how it works. Sign up for – apply for a job if you're looking for one. Yeah, it, it's a great place to work. I mean, I've I've had great experiences do your homework. on campus. Um, and they've worked around me even when I was – I mean, I was working 18 hours last – or I was I was going to class 18 hours and still working between all those places, and they were very accommodating, and it was easy to fit with my schedule. So You might see me in the place. library, folks. Yeah. Coming exciting. soon. To the I can't wait for them to bring up this recording during the job interview. <laughs> like you're disqualified just for saying that. Is this something you find funny, Mr. Carroll? No, yeah. please. I need a job. All I right. need. I need to pay for my shirt collection. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you had any experience? Any new experiences with Tiger Dining, Alex? I know that's why you, we bring you on here, re- mean, resident on campus uh, eater. I, I'm glad that that I have at least. Uh, that purpose on the show nothing new really i mean the edge is pretty great i mean one thing i have noticed and grace and you just you said during the break but it seems to me based on just what it looks like that auburn is at least in dining is looking a bit understaffed due to the fact that they didn't i don't think they accounted for how much the edge would demand in terms of staff for example foy had barely anybody you had you know you had one one or two people work in the register and then you had like three stations, each manned by only one person. The dish room was not that big. This place, the edge has two floors, two big dish rooms, eight or nine stations with, you know, two to three people sometimes at the places. And I think they're starting to see those effects with Steak and Shake not opening yet. And I'm assuming that's because they don't have people to man it. And Steak and Shake is one of the lower demand places on campus. I know people that really like it, but 
in terms of what it offers, I know it's on the lower end of demand. So that is something I've noticed, which I mean, I'm sure it'll, you know, work itself out once people start to apply to work and whatnot, because, you know, once people get settled. But right now, it seems that they're dealing with a bit of a staff problem, just because, again, they expanded to a massive place. Well, I, I can corroborate this just from even from the higher ups and involvement from meeting with them, that just like everywhere else, we are having a bit of a staffing yeah. issue at Auburn in general. I mean, even outside of dining staff, just there are apparently a lot of roles within the university that aren't filled and they're hiring a lot of things right now. But apparently they are specifically hurting in dining. Um, and if it gets worse, you know, places are going to get closed. Staff are going to get relocated to, to different areas. I don't yeah. know what the priorities are. I don't think those are published, but, um, you know, that's where we're at right now. They are understaffed. Though. I would say I would imagine just based on thinking that the edge would be one of their top priorities because they I don't think they could afford to say, here's our shiny new dining hall and then it not. It already has is already having its own problem, but even further that I feel like that would have been something they wouldn't have wanted to allow just because that you know, you got to stick the landing when you unveil a new place, whatever it may be. So but outside of that, I'm not sure what else they would do. Yeah. And I'm seeing that in other places as well, because I mean, I go I go to ABP every morning to get a coffee and. It's staffed by one person, effectively. Yeah. That whole place just has one cashier. So um, we are seeing some some run-on effects from the pandemic as the, the staffing continues to be an issue. So I encourage everyone to please be patient with the university as they deal with this current issue. All right. Well, I think that is just about going to do it for the first hour of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I want to thank Grayson for joining me on this first hour of the show. We are going to replace him for the second hour with Mr. Chris Tobias, who, of course, is the DJ Spotlight of the Week. Go to WEGL underscore AU on Instagram to check out what he has to say about his new show coming up, Cheetah Print. That's coming up on Wednesday, so get hype about that. You might just hear a familiar voice on that one with him. But other than that, this has been the first hour of Compact Discourse. I want to thank you so much for listening. Whether you're on WEGL 91.1 FM in your car or at home, you're WEGLFM.com on your phone or computer, or you're watching live right now on YouTube. Hello. We'll be right back for the second hour of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM and at CDiscAU on Twitter. Don't go anywhere. The second hour is going to be even better than the first. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com, online at WEGL underscore AU on Twitter and Instagram, and you may just be watching live on YouTube on the WEGLFM YouTube page. You could be watching after the fact on Eagle Eye TV, so tune your channels to Channel 6 on campus to catch the replay of the show, and if you ever missed any part of the show, including the first hour we talked Hurricanes, we talked Brian Harson taking the stairs, we talked COVID-19 update. You can go over to wherever you get your podcast. Uh, my, Spotify is my podcast uh, place of choice, and just search for Compact Discourse and look for that CD logo. Speaking of CD, we have a new guest in the studio. That is DJ CD, Mr. Chris Tobias, joining us. He is the DJ Spotlight of the Week. He is making his inaugural appearance on Compact Discourse. Mr. Tobias, how are we doing this morning? 
There's so much fanfare. I'm doing great. Awesome. And I'm still continuing to be joined by co-sports director Alex Houston and civilian Davis Carroll wearing an awesome party shirt to this party I'm throwing here in the Harold Melton Student Center this fine Monday morning where it is 77 degrees, partly cloudy in beautiful Auburn, Alabama, as we are expecting some rain later today. So don't leave the house without that mop or umbrella. All right. You guys ready to get back into it? I know we, uh, we, had, a, we had our long five-minute break to collect your feelings, and we are ready to jump right back into the show with our new guest, Mr. Tobias. Chris, I know you have a show coming up later this week on WEGL. High Voltage is no more due to the de- departure of our dear friend Patrick Coleman. Rest in peace. Departure from Auburn, not his mortal coil, <laughs> I may add. Um, so what what is Cheetah Print all about coming up this Wednesday at 8 p.m.? So, yep. Cheetah Print is Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Uh, it is myself and actually uh, Jack here is, is my co-host, so he'll be with me um, again every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Cheetah Print is going to be um, R&B, soul, funk, disco, hip-hop from the 60s all the way through today and whatever in between. So it'll be a good time. Awesome. Fun party music. And uh, Chris and I are not the only ones without with a show. Alex and Davis also have a show as well. So care to give a quick plug for what you guys are talking about on Through the Lens, TTL? Uh, we are c- recording today at 12, but we're probably going to upload it around Friday, something like yeah, that. Yeah, we were still released it around that time. But today we're discussing Parasite, probably one of the best movies of recent years and probably the best foreign language movie ever. That debate, of course, could be had on that episode and stuff like that. But yeah, mainly discussing that movie. I'm going to be discussing a bit about Up, because something recently happened with the guy who played uh, Carl on Up. Ed Asner actually passed away yesterday, so something about that at the beginning of the show. But yeah, mainly Parasite. So If you like to hear Al- Alex and I don't really argue much on Through the Lens. We tend to agree so far, but may- maybe... We argued we- on every episode I've been on, so maybe that's just may- my that that was, Those are very The Star Wars episodes, episodes were, very, were very tense, because I was right and Davis was wrong. See, it's just, this is... <laughs> I don't know. It's going to get me started right now. Well, Davis was wrong a lot. All right. See, exactly. Oh, I think remember, Chris remembers what you said about the Last Jedi. That's I don't I hate it. That, it's not that hot, to, <laughs> hot of a take. So if you like this dynamic we have going on in the studio right now, be sure to go to the Through the Lens backlog and check out the Star Wars episodes that me and Chris were, had the privilege of being on. Or you can get excited about this Parasite and Up episode that's coming out later this week. You can go on Transistor and check that out. Or however you may be listening to the Compact Discourse podcast. So... Without further ado, let's keep this discussion rolling. Let's talk sports, and let's talk oh, some sports-adjacent topics, as I want to talk about this awesome drone show that the Oakland Athletics put put on, Star Wars-themed, if you can believe that. So how about that segue? Um, a alternative to fireworks, I think it has been described as. Um, you, hear, you hear discourse about this every 4th of July, that fireworks are scary for dogs, so we should use drones instead. And uh, I don't know. They might be onto something. This 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 drone show was pretty cool. Have you guys seen any? of I this? did not. I'm pulling up the video right now. All right, so. Why don't you share that with Chris while while Davis and I kick off the discussion? So Davis, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. A lot of programming had to go into that. I feel like I I th- I mean you'd think that, but also at the same time I feel like. It, it's boiled down to a science where you can just kind of upload an image to the drone program and they go there anyway. You think? I mean, I know people aren't it driving it. To. I don't th- think that. Obviously, but like, yeah, but I, I don't think. I think the the 
show gets like planned out beforehand yeah. on like on they can trace it and then they hit a button and it, it transfers it into drone language and then they just feed it to the drones. So basically the drones form out pictures in the sky. Uh, I mean, it's, they're LEDs, so they're obviously full color. Uh, outlines of, of Yoda, the A's logo, uh, anything Star Wars related. I thought the coolest effect they had was when they, they made the Death Star and then were able to, by moving the drones, make it look like a rotating sphere. That even was cool. Th- even though it was technically a 2D wall of drones. So I don't know. I mean, if, if this is happening every night, or I know the Braves do fireworks every Friday night. If they replaced it with a Friday night drone show, I wouldn't be too upset about it. I mean, it's effectively the same thing, and it's a little quieter, and I think it syncs up with the music better. But I so feel like, like they might have to do a different one every week or every every game. They can't do a Star Wars one every, one, every time. That could kind of... You know what I mean? He has uh, a good point. Well, obviously they're not going to do stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, but like they can't do the same. Oh, it's the Atlanta Braves logo in the sky. Oakland is one of the birthplaces of Star Atlanta Wars. Atlanta Braves. We were, we were talking about the Braves doing fireworks. So I was. Did you know about the that the, the the AT-AT walkers were based off the big cranes that that haul uh, shipping containers off the boats in the Oakland Harbor? I learned. I, I did not. We're, we're, we're talking is about. That, is that real? That's we, real. We were talking about AT-ATs in one of my classes the other day about a lawsuit about them. And we're it all goes back That's to Star crazy. Wars yet again. All right. Initial reactions to that drone show in Oakland? I mean, it seems cool. I mean, it certainly can be an alternative. I mean. Alex being a contrarian. It looked pretty sweet on the pictures and stuff. Being a contrarian. I mean, yeah, I said it looked cool. What? <laughs> I thought you were about to have a, uh, like a, but. Not I really. I mean, there's not. Fireworks. I, I, I don't I'll really be the care. contrarian. It looks pretty sweet, and they can do a lot of cool, like, 3D graphics and stuff, but fireworks, they got that, that pop. The boom. The thing that scares the dogs is what makes the people happy. What if it yeah. scares the people? Don't go all Anything for Chris's happiness. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> fireworks are also less susceptible to, like, an EMP blast, I think. When did the EMP <laughs> blast going to happen during a drone I'm, I'm, show? We're doing pros and cons here. Ah, right? uh, yes, the, fir- the first sign of an attack from a foreign country is when the A's uh, drone show gets shut down. We you know say that. That'd be a good that, movie. it might happen. <laughs> Write that down. Write that, that'd be good for a movie. I'd be like, yeah, the it's called Red Dawn, Davis. Grow up. Red Dawn. The EMP what? goes off and the drones all fall on the field. I cannot wait. I'm talking about a shot, not a movie concept. For Moneyball 2. It's like the Dark Knight Rises scene where the football field blows up. And it was Heinz Ward. It was Heinz Ward. It was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't forget Ben Rosberger was there. Yeah, they all died oh, except for Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward scored a touchdown. He outran the explosion. Yeah, Heinz he w- did. That might be a preview for my shirt tomorrow. Heinz Ward is the best football player of all time because he outran the explosion. Hot take. He's also the only football player left in that movie. <laughs> he plays that for the Gotham. What, what's the, the it's, uh, it's the Gotham. It's, it's like, like the Gotham. Uh, like the Black Knights or something? Yeah, it's like the Gotham Knights versus Rapid City something. I don't know. It's... Not good is the point. It was pretty good. People hate on The Dark Knight Rises because it followed up one of the greatest superhero movies and movies in general <laughs> of all time, good take The Dark Chris. Knight. But Dark Knight Rises is good. It has its moments. It's not as good, but that's the point, you know? Or it's not the point, but that's like why people To be like expected. It. Yeah, it's to be yeah. expected. Thank you. All right, so let's move on and talk about these New York Mets. Oh, my gosh. And what is, is happening funny. in Queens as... It appears that the while the Mets fans turned on the players quite quickly, and that, that, that's nothing new, it's New York, but it seems that the players are now fighting back and have turned on the fans. So uh, Pete Alonso and Lindor are among the players who have taken part in this bit of civil disobedience, I think is the best term for it, <laughs> as 
when they do something well, they're booing the fans. Yeah, now. yeah, it's um, it's just funny. I mean, I mean, like, like really, really, like I mean, known funny team, the Mets strikes again <laughs> because because the fans boo the Mets because they suck, right? And then the Mets players were like, "How dare you say that we're bad, even though we are?" So we're gonna boo you. And then the Mets president is like, it's well within our fans' right to do whatever the heck they it's want. It's not that they're bad. It's just they're disappointing. They are a decent team that just can't get it done. Jacob yeah. Brom's been out half the freaking year. No, I mean, I, again, like that's... I, I like them booing the fans. I'll say it. Hey, to quote Spider-Man, you mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. This is New York. I mean, like, I, it's just so odd to me because it's like the fans, I mean, it's just... I, it's just I mean, it's never been done before that I can recall. People will go in the press and be like, wow, fans are very fickle and whatever, which is fair and true. But but throwing a thumbs down at the fan after you hit a home run seems to be an odd thing to do. But, Listen, I mean, just give them a taste of their own medicine. The fans. If they don't like them. They, they don't like the fans. you got to defend the fans, man, because as someone who's a Panthers, and, Panthers fan and an Auburn Tigers fan, it's a lot more or it's a lot worse to be disappointing than just be downright bad. Yeah. But the I, thing is, we're not – as Panthers you can't fans, just like three keep of us on is. sucking and then get mad at the fans when they hate you. It's not that the Mets sucking. the Mets don't even suck that bad. No, but I'm, okay, okay, they're okay. not winning anything. Let me let me let me give they an example. Winning. Let me get an example. They're, okay, so your point is that the Mets are not bad; they're just disappointing. It's different because in same thing in Philadelphia, the the Philly fa- Philadelphia. What you want me to, how you misspelled say a word? Argument Philadelphia. What? Listen, <laughs> Philly fans are the same way. Even if their team's good, they hate their team. Am I am, am I incorrect here? But the, but the, good. Met, Keeps the Mets tough. the Mets are not good. They're four games below five hundred in a league where you should not be below five hundred if you want to be considered good. Yeah. So to contextualize this, the Mets had a pretty pretty commanding lead over the NLA East for the uh, most of the season until the All Star break, and only after the All Star break did the Braves and the Phillies begin to overcome a little bit of adversity themselves. I, as a Braves fan, I have a little bit of extra knowledge of that. The Braves really were underperforming and now have finally hit their stride and now have control over the division. The Mets are now seven and a half games back after winning or after leading the division for four months. So I can I can see where the frustration is coming from. And I mean like, you know if 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 that argument can be made, Davis, was it wrong for any Auburn fans to boo at any time? I'm not saying the fans can't boo. They're the they have a right to be disappointed, but when even their team does something good and they keep booing, I feel like the players also have a right to be frustrated with the fans. But that's not what even they're saying is happening. Like they, they say, when we do something good, we are going to boo the fans because they're gonna. That's what they said. No, but Javier Baez's thing is just because they boo us when we do something bad, so we we're gonna boo them when we do something but, good because yeah, they keep your, booing your them. Your point, but the point, the point is not the Mets do not boo. Mets fans do not boo them when they do something good. Yes, they do. That's you not ever what, watched a Mets game? I mean, not really. They boo them all what, the time. That's not what Baez was saying in his point. I'm sorry, but what the Mets' reaction to this just sounds like a bunch of like angry toddlers go like well, saying, "If you could yeah. do it, we could do it too." It is the Mets. All right, so we are going to go ahead to a quick break, and when we get back, we are going to continue baseball chat. I do want to remind you that the trivia question is still pending. If you think you know the answer to the trivia question, tweet us at CDiscAU. That question, once again, is the kangaroo is one of five animals that appear on the Australian coat of arms. Do you think you can name one of the other four animals, including one that engaged in a war with the people of Australia? Go ahead and tweet at us at CDiscAU, and you will win a brand new shiny shout-out on the show. We will be right back 
to Compact Discourse on WEGLFM.com, WEGL 91.1 FM, and live on YouTube. And welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com, or Eagle Eye TV and YouTube, where you can see our beautiful smiling faces as we are now live in living color on Compact Discourse, broadcasting live from the WEGL studios as I have our high cam up. If you want to wave hello up to the cam up top, beautiful smiling faces from all of our co-hosts this morning. Of course, I'm joined by co-sports director Alex Houston. DJ, CD, Chris Tobias, Hey-o. and a colorful shirt wearer, Davis Carroll. Welcome into the show. We are continuing our discussion about baseball, including the athletics drone show alternative to fireworks, as well as the Mets players now turning on the fans in, I always want to say Shea Stadium, but I know it's City Field up in Queens. So to contextualize our baseball discussion, we're going to run through the scoreboard real quick. Games from yesterday. Here are your scores from August 29, 2021. The Phillies beat the Diamondbacks 7-4. The Pirates beat the Cardinals at home 4-3. The Tampa Bay Rays, in an offensive explosion, take care of the Orioles in Camden 12-8. The baseball team from Cleveland beats the Red Sox 7-5. The Mariners win a scrap, or the Marlins rather, Sorry, when a scrappy one against the Reds, 2-1. to one. Blue Jays double up against the Tigers, 2-1 to one in Detroit. The Mets all over the Nats, 9-4. to four. The Atlanta Braves shut out the NL West, leading Giants 9 to nothing at home. Great win for the Braves. In the battle of the Windy City, the White Sox all over the Cubs, 13-1. The Brewers extend their division lead, 6-2 over the Twins of Minnesota. The Texas Rangers destroy the Astros, 13-2. And the Rockies are out in the Chavez Ravine where they blank the Dodgers 5 to nothing. The Mariners squeak by the Royals 4 to 3. And in your nightcap for last night, the Athletics take care of the Yankees 3 to 1. So those are your current scores for to wrap up those weekend series, those fun Sunday games in Major League Baseball. So we're talking about the Mets. I think uh, the Mets have completely blown this season. I yeah. think I think I think the Mets were had it too good for too long. As a Braves fan, they the Braves had their own problems of not being able to get to 500. Were always nipping at the at the Mets' heels, who seemed to keep winning just based off their pitching alone. Uh, I think the Mets have never had a positive run differential so far this season. They've been skirting by just on great pitching, which I mean, props to them. That's how you win. Uh, that's how you win in baseball. It's great pitching. But they seem to be playing above their pay grade, for lack of a better term. And it seems that just reality has finally caught up with the Mets. And that's why you play 162 games. So the random variables can kind of shake themselves out of the season. I think if DeGrom was still still playing, it'd be a different season for him Because they, they lost their best pitcher, who was leading in Cy Young voting until he went out for a while. I mean, he had a... He had a sub one ERA. He was it, leading yes. by a country it was, mile. That was crazy. It's that currently he's standing at one point oh eight after I think he had one game where he kind of got a little hurt in it. But he's one point oh eight is still insane. Don't get me wrong. It's, I remember early in season was like point five nine. Every other day there was another post about it about how he kept getting lower. 
But this is the first season he was 7-2 and two win-loss record, which is pretty unusual for him because in the past years he'd be having like 10-9, and 11-8 because he was the Mets pitcher. The offense wasn't backing him up even though he was pitching insane every game. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious to say, but I think if he was still playing for him, it'd be a different season for the Mets. But Uncontroversial the, take. Yeah, the Mets always find a way to mess their season up, and that's just how it goes in Queens. All right, your quick update on pennant chases as we are looking at across Major League Baseball. In the American League East, the Tampa Bay Rays are still on top of the division. They have a commanding six-game lead over the second-place New York Yankees. The Red Sox are just two games behind the Bronx Bombers. In the Central, same old story. Indians sitting at 500 with the White Sox 10 games on top of them. Out West, it's the Astros with a a five-and-a-half-game lead over the Athletics. The Mariners have once again slid to third place as they sit two, two games behind the A's. Moving over to the American League and those New York Mets, they sit at 63-77, and 77, which is good for seven and a half games back of the Atlanta Braves, who sit at 70-59 and 59 after that big win against San Francisco on top of the division. Milwaukee is sitting way in front in the NL Central. They're ahead of Cincinnati, eight and a half games, with St. Louis three and a half games behind Cincinnati. And then out west, it continues to be a fight for the crown as the Giants are now still two and a half games ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Padres sitting at a distant third, 13 games behind Los Doyers. The Giants are at 84 and 46. That is good for the best record in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays with the second best record in baseball with 82 and 48. So that is a quick update on the pennant chases, what is going on around the horn in Major League Baseball. Are there any other Major League Baseball storylines you guys want to get to? Obviously, I want to drop that. It's huge that the Braves were able to uh, win against the Giants, NL West leading Giants, and presumptive number one seed Giants this weekend. It proves that this Atlanta Braves team has the power and the pitching to take on the best of the National League. So that made me very enthused. It kind of reminded me of back uh, two years ago when the Braves were able to handle the Los Angeles Dodgers pretty handedly in a series in Truist Park. So gives me a lot of enthusiasm for the postseason. How are you guys feeling about the MLB this uh, over the weekend? While you were talking about that, I got a notification from MLB about the power rankings they just released, if you want to go over that real quick. The top five. Yeah, yeah let's look at the top five. All right, I'll start from five. Five being the Yankees. Good who, take. The who, Yankees who struggled mightily through in the beginning of the season and then were able to rattle off a, did it get up to 13-game yeah, win streak lost or to the A's. running into the athletics? I'm not really sure how the Yankees turned it around so quick. I guess you could say maybe the trades, but even the I the, mean, the pieces the, that they traded for really haven't been playing phenomenal. It was, it was more of the team underperforming the first half of the season, whether that be just underperforming or injuries. The Yankees have so much talent, they yeah. should be leading the division. It's just they're, they're just taking them a while to catch up to their potential. Next up, we have the Houston Astros red-hot offense at number four. Okay, I mean... I mean, they, they're not cheating anymore, allegedly. I mean, That's they won 77 think. games, so... Like, they, what, what? They, by wins, they are the second-best team in the American League. Like, I mean, I understand that they might, you know... It's one of those things where wins don't automatically equal, you know, which is the better team. And that that could be the case in this regard, but I mean they are arguably the best. Off, I'd say they are yeah. the best offense in the MLB right now. They, I mean, they, from one to nine, they have the best offensive rotation in the game right now. 
Yeah, so I think that's fair. At number three, Chris, you're going to like this one. We have the Tampa Bay Rays. W. Even without Tyler Glass now, they're number three. Their best pitcher. Still out, if I remember correctly. Out for the season because of an arm injury. They're just finding a way to win. They're hustling. I like this team. It's a fun they, team. They, they, have a, they have a great offense. Number two, we have Los Dodgers, as you said. Doyers. Doyers. Wow, Davis. Oh, sorry, Alex. Sorry, Mr. Mr. Negative over there. No, you were never mind. And number one is obviously the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. Who else would it be but them? Uh, they did move up a spot from last week. The Dodgers were one in the last week's power rankings. The uh, San- Giants have moved up, playing phenomenal. Kind of really unexpected team to be the best. Arguably, I'd say they are the best team right now in the MLB. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great to see that rivalry renewed between the Giants and Dodgers. It's, 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 it's one of the league's better rivalries, and it's great to see those games have meaning again after the Giants have been in the basement for since they, since they won their pennant back in 2014. Another side effect of it, it's good to see Evan Longoria playing good again, having some good play time. Now, now third baseman for the Giants, playing pretty good. And I will say just you asked like uh, any like things going into as the rest of the season. As a not super uh, huge baseball fan, one thing I can say is that this season has been very unpredictable with a lot of teams. I mean, I mean, you just look at the Mets who started out hot and then the opposite and then the Yankees and whatnot. So I think it's just going to make for a very exciting postseason because despite where these teams may lie in the standings, mm-hmm. anything could change up like that. And right. I think it'll make for a very exciting postseason this year. Yeah, we have a potential to see a A's. <laughs> Astros postseason matchup. We have a potential to see a Red Sox Yankees postseason matchup in a wild card game, which would be an electric atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. And we definitely we have very high potential to see the NL uh, if the NLCS being the Dodgers and the Giants. And I'd love to see those teams go toe to toe for seven games. That's a playoff atmosphere that we haven't seen in the better part of a decade. uh, Both of those teams being good, and that's that's an underrated rivalry in the MLB. Obviously, gets overshadowed by by Yankees socks but the one out west is just as exciting so that is your MLB update we're going to move on to things that people know about now um, <laughs> but, but but first I'm going to plug the WEGL social media that's at WEGL underscore AU on Twitter and Instagram you're going to want to check that out especially Instagram <coughs> where we are now have daily content our marketing director Aaron is putting in a lot of hard work to provide content for you the listener the viewer the fan of WEGL go ahead and check that out it's daily post Monday through Friday starting today starting with a spotlight of Chris Tobias which is going to come out later this afternoon Rutro did you get did you, I, I heard you got interviewed I it's very official how did that go uh went pretty well did it over FaceTime while I was in quarantine. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's why there was the first episode of Cheetah Print was not last Wednesday. was because old Chris here got the COVID. But I'm good. I'm approved to be back on campus, clearly, as I'm here right now. Uh, so the first episode is going to be this Wednesday. Pretty excited about that. Awesome. So yeah, be sure to go to at WEGL underscore AU to check that one out. Check out that DJ Spotlight as a little bit of a tease to get ready for Cheetah Print this Wednesday. All right, trivia question still pending. Let me double check. Yep, still pending. At CDISCAU, that's at C-D-I-S-C-A-U. If you want to tweet at us your answer to the trivia question, which is, get this, Auburn University Tigers take on the Akron University Zips, whose mascot is a kangaroo, coming up on Saturday. So kangaroo trivia all week long. The kangaroo is one of five animals to appear on the Australian coat of arms. 
alongside four other animals. If you can name any of those four animals, and I'll give you a hint, one of them is a flightless bird. Whoa. And two of them are flight flighted birds, birds that can fly. So if you want to take a stab at which, uh, which of those birds are on the Australian coat of arms, go ahead and send us a tweet at CDISCAU. That's at C-D-I-S-C-A-U. Get your answer on the show and get a shout-out on Auburn's number one student-run morning show. We're going to be right back after these messages. Don't go anywhere for the final 30 minutes of Compact Discourse. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1. Thank you for being patient with us as we deal with technical difficulties here in the studio. But on with the show. Show must go on. And we are continuing to talk about all things Auburn, all things student lifestyle. We just finished up our discussion about baseball. So if you want to hear what we had to say about MLB, go ahead and check out the podcast. That is available wherever you hear your podcast. Usually gets uploaded around noon every day. There is a show, so be sure to check that one out. My player of choice is Spotify, but however you want to hear it, that is fine too. Also, if you're watching live on YouTube, we thank you for tuning in that way. And you can go ahead and check out that replay on Eagle Eye TV. That's Channel 6 if you're on campus. All right. So we are moving swiftly along to a new topic that Alex has brought to my attention. Um, But before that, I do want to remind everybody of our trivia question about kangaroos, as we are excited to play the Akron Zips in the home opener this weekend as the Auburn Tigers take on Akron in their whiteout game. The kangaroo is one of five animals to appear on the Australian coat of arms. If you can name any of the other four, including three that are birds, one being flightless, two that can fly, one engaged in a great war with the people of Australia after World War II, and the birds won, believe it or not. So if you want, if you want Davis to elaborate on that fact, you can answer correctly the trivia question by tweeting at us, at C-D-I-S-C-A-U. I'm, I'm sure... Everyone who was about to do it now is not going to because they don't want to hear Davis. But wow, come on! Coming right back from that, I want to pass the mic to Alex, and he's going to tell us about a quick Hurricane Ida update. Well, so there's this video going around about this huge storm. Not sure if it's a Walmart. I'm difficult to say what it is, but everything is cleared out in Louisiana except all the Anthony Davis rubble bags are still there. That and Dasani clearly nobody wants in the state of Louisiana as it currently stands. So. Oh, that was kind of funny because I just I, like I, I didn't believe that would actually happen. Like I mean, I feel like you know you're just gonna take whatever you can get, but everything else was cleared out except for the Anthony Davis ruffles. Clearly, still some bad blood between the city of New Orleans and their former power forward. But yeah, if they wanted to keep him, they should have done more for him. What? I'm just saying. The citizens of New Orleans couldn't really do anything. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> but I'm talking about the team. But, I mean, that, they should that, be mad at the team, not really him. That's, that's all I'll say. That that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Or are they Anthony Davis Pelicans ruffles or I, Anthony I, Davis Lakers, Lakers ruffles? Lakers ruffles, which makes it bad. If I you want, see. If you want to get some Anthony, you go to a Pelicans game, you get some half-off Anthony Davis merch. You probably go to, like, any Marshalls in New Orleans yeah. and get, like, a $2 Anthony Davis jersey. That would have been 95 years ago. That's the trick. You just they wait are, till they get traded. They are lime and jalapeno flavored. Yeah, that's probably why they didn't get them, honestly. I don't know. I feel like that flavor is probably pretty good. I like lime chips. You know those Lay's Hint of Lime? Yeah. Ooh, those yes. Are good. Those yes. are good. Or the, yes. the, the Tostitos. A little guac, a little hint of lime. Those are good chips. A little salty, but you can brush it off. 
I don't know. I think the flaming hot barbecue with Jason Tatum is probably the best NBA ruffle. So I think far. I'd grab that over yeah, exactly. Anthony Davis. Exactly. But I mean, any port in a storm, literally. Which NBA star has the pickle chips? His pickle chips are pretty good. I don't know. Someone should hop on that. What? Get Alice Caruso on the pickle chips. Oh my gosh. Kyle Kuzma pickle chips. Stop. I'm about to do some research on all NBA chips. All right. And while Davis looks that up, we do want to give you your quick Auburn, Alabama weather report. Of course, we are continuing to track Hurricane Ida, which is moving throughout the southeast, although it is now a tropical storm and the worst of it has passed. So recovery is going to begin in Louisiana and Mississippi. I believe President Biden is deploying FEMA there this afternoon to go take a look at the damage in the New Orleans area around and, of course, all of Mississippi and Louisiana. Thoughts and prayers with everyone affected by Hurricane Ida, as it appears to be probably the worst storm of the season so far. So praying that it remains with that uh, notorious title. But right now in Auburn, Alabama, it is currently 79 degrees and partly cloudy. Your high of 84, low of 72 today, just about what it's been every day for the past two weeks. But we are currently under a wind advisory, uh, I believe, a run-on effect from Hurricane Ida, and that's going to continue until this afternoon. There's an 11% chance of rain right now. It's going to go up to a 24% chance of rain come this afternoon as the clouds continue to roll in. This evening, it's going to cool off, but that's going to bring some rain as well as there is a 52% chance of rain, and there's going to be plenty of scattered thunderstorms this afternoon, so bring that raincoat if you're making your way onto campus. Uh, overnight temperature is going to be 74 degrees and rainy, so like I said, put your plants outside if you have house plants. And the, we're looking at the path of Hurricane Ida. It's right now currently in the southwest corner of Mississippi. Looks like it's curling up to the northeast corner of Mississippi. It's going to cross over Huntsville, across Tennessee, and into West Virginia, where it's going to peel back out over the DMV into the Atlantic. So, still dealing with some pretty severe thunderstorms across the southeast as the wind and rain persists from Tropical Storm Ida. All right, winds at 45 miles per hour. Wow. Okay, what's next? I saw something about weather oh, as well. Never mind. If you want to say your thing, you can. No, you go ahead, it's not about hurricanes or anything. It's about the winter season. You go first, Davis. Apparently something of uh, is this like on, a like a get hype for winter post? No, it was. I saw on like I'm going to do some more. After Alex, say your thing first. I want to do oh. some more. I want to make sure this is so real first. I, I would recommend most of you go on to uh, Twitter and just type in Trent Dilfer's last name to see the clip of him yelling and shoving a high school player basically off the sideline to its own separate bench and yelling at the player. And I mean, he he released his apology. It's not super egregious as far as you know. High school coaches go because we've seen worse. Okay, remind me who Trent Dilfer is. Trent Dilfer is former Super Bowl winning Ravens quarterback, arguably the worst oh. quarterback to ever win a. Was this um, ninety nine Ravens? Oh, uh, the one. With, yeah, the, the one the, the where they beat the Giants. The good defense. Yeah. Yes, and he was not very good. He's probably the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. He also has the very famous take: the New England Patriots. Let's face it, they're not good anymore in twenty fourteen. Which, well, they won like three more Super Bowls after that. And now he's apparently coaching high school. He saw Philip Rivers and wanted to get a get a taste of that. And a lot of people are basically defending it, saying, "quote Oh, that's not even half as bad as blah blah blah." What I faced when I was younger, which I don't feel like is a valid justification. Yeah, I think you just got uh, had a really mean coach. Like, like just because something happened to you doesn't make it automatically right. Like, yeah. and this permeates in so many different things within 
like American culture in general, not just in football, but like it's like, oh, my coach did this, this, and this to me, so you should this isn't even that bad. Well, that doesn't mean that what what was done to you wasn't bad. Like or like yeah, it's What's just that? like the same thing as like you know people are like there was one thing that happened like last year where this uh this journalist went on Twitter and said uh everybody complaining about like unpaid internships it's just like a rite of passage to do an unpaid internship and i can do it because my parents support me but like people who are supporting themselves cannot afford to do that like legitimately and like this is the same thing where it's like people just believe something's a rite of passage or it's just part of what we have to experience just cuz it happened all right alex i'm going to say something i'm going to let you breathe there for a second sorry yeah i, I was breathing <laughs> here's wow. okay my opinion on it I'll get Chris and Jax here in a second, too. I think coaches should have a little bit of toughness on their players, but there is a limit to it. They shouldn't treat you like – they should still treat you like people. It should be like, like, hey, kids. you need to work hard. I know you're trying hard, but you can still do more. Not yanking them over there and screaming in their face. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the NFL. He's not getting paid to do this. He just came from algebra class. Go a little <laughs> bit easier on him. Wasn't the kid like talking back and stuff? He, well, I mean, like he he should like, like I'm not saying he should get in that, trouble. The little that shove and then telling him to sit down on the that's bench different. Isn't bad. He, he didn't do that. He dragged him over. I was about and he to say was he grabbed him by his, his shoulder face. pads and backed him down about 15 yeah. yards, and then and the the video only I mean, shows. Like, I'm fine with like a little. Call bit me of crazy. I still don't think that's bad. I mean, I think he's not. I think hitting him, laying his hands on him in any way. It's I mean, I mean it's, say you want, he just came from algebra. Crap, if he grabs his shoulder pads, are his hands not on him? As he's talking about, like, actually I mean, like, I see, okay, they, okay, I see, I see. I just, uh, if you want to say, like, maybe not in the game, you know, tell him to go move away from the sidelines, sit on the bench, and then when practice comes along, you know, the following week, just make him run till he pukes. Like, coaches can do that. It's building discipline. He wants to act up, think he's a star player, then you I think the kid's going to do it again? Not if he throws up at practice. That's what I'm saying. I'm just I mean, saying, I sometimes think, you need a little tough love, you know? You can't yeah, go easy I agree, on people, I can agree whether with they're that. in high school or not. But there's like some the coaches, building blocks of life. There are some coaches that take it too seriously. They act like it, they're forming oh, an NFL team when there's 100%. a high school team that's not going to even compete for the playoffs. I mean, I'm, you should still work the players, obviously, but you shouldn't work them so hard that they die. You can definitely take it too far, like where you're having players train like they're in the NFL. Yeah, that's not right, but then – when you're in an environment like high school where these kids are learning and stuff, you need to enforce some sort of discipline to help them learn. It's less punishing them to become a Super Bowl contending team and more teaching them to become good individuals with good traits. That's you know? fair. There's I mean, a limit to it, though. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. yeah. That's the end of that conversation. That my, my bigger thing was just with people, like, defending it as, quote, oh, well, that's just something yeah. that's, like, you know, I saw so much Oh, yeah, much my coach punched me in the face. This yeah. is easy for him. Exactly. Like, I that, think you like, had an issue was, there, I think, I think if they all said what Chris said, that's an, that's an entirely different point. But everybody's like, oh, it's just it's just part of life. Just, you know, and it was always so much worse, and it could have been worse, and it should have. And I was like, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe, maybe let, not. Let me say, no adult should be putting their hands on a, a child through in, like, where any sort of violence is involved, you know, whether it's athletics or not. So if he was, like, hitting the kid and whatnot, that's obviously not right. But as an, a position of authority as a coach, you can be a bit more nonchalant about it and then use that authority to help him learn in a better way than putting your hands on them. I just think, and this is in Dilfer's apology, is that, you know, that's something that you could have done outside of making a huge scene on the sideline in the game. I don't know. That's at least what he said in his own apology. I don't know if that's just because people got in his neck about it. But 
Like, like what you said about making them run at practice the next time or whatever, something like that. I feel like that'd be a better than just the player talks back or whatever, which is apparently what happened, but nobody really knows what the player did, and then immediately just exploding on the guy and making this whole thing in the middle of. Because one, I think that's also not a great way that I don't think I don't think players and people in general are very receptive when you're just ostracized in front of a lot of people because they're not hearing what you're saying. That's the thing. It's one of the the core principles of leadership is that you praise in public and you correct in privacy. Exactly. So if yeah. he was being all emotional on the sideline, either the kid did something really bad or he was just taking this high school football game way serious. No, exactly. It happens a lot. That that that's what it was. Like I don't think it would have been bad to have done whatever in you know, not in front of the entire full stadium and the team, just because again, in regards to getting a player to be receptive, they're not caring what you're saying at a certain point. They're worried that everybody's seeing it. And then at the end of the day you don't get your message across. But well, good discussion here on Compact Discourse. We're going to come back for one more final segment where we're going to talk campus news, uh, what's coming up later in the show, later in the week, and we might even do hat of the day. Don't go anywhere. Compact Discourse. And welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com. If you're watching live on YouTube, hello and good morning. And if you're watching the replay on Eagle Eye TV, good afternoon. This is our final segment of Compact Discourse for Monday. but We will be back tomorrow at 8 a.m., so you aren't going to want to miss that. But let's have a little more fun before we have to get out of here today. I am joined by Davis Carroll and Chris DeBias. Alex Houston had to hit the road, so now I'm going to hit the three-host button. Perfect. Boom. All right, we are rolling with three-host now as we lost a man to the trials and trepidations of what it's like to be a student, had to go to class. All right, moving right along. In the break, it was brought to my attention that the – NBA season is now starting in December. Oh. Ooh. All right. That means no more sports equinox. If you don't know what that is, that is a beautiful day in October when all four, the big four uh, leagues, that is baseball, hockey, football, and basketball, all play a game at the same time. It's usually on a Thursday because that's when things tend to shake out. But that seems to be no more as the NBA has pushed the season to after the winter holidays. Not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'll be honest. Christmas for the NBA is like Thanksgiving for football. It's the about the midpoint of the season. You got a bunch of exciting matchups. Who can forget stuff like the Cavs and Warriors a couple years back? Kyrie Irving hitting the game winner with a couple seconds left. You're not really going to have those moments. I mean, you will because there'll still be Christmas games, but it just won't have the same implication of these teams already being well established. So, not a fan of the move, but you know, I get it. I suppose. Davis, what do you think? I'm doing some research because it might not actually start in December. Oh? It said something. The first thing I looked up, it said December, but now I'm doing some research. Are you sure that wasn't last season? Mm. Has your bad tip negated our conversation? The 2021-2022 season will begin on October 19th, 2021. Okay, it's a little better. But I know they did have plans to start in December. And I think they just did that for COVID. I thought they were going to try to do that permanently. All right, that's how you wow. get yourself in a good mood is get mad about a problem that doesn't exist. And now now you've just been 
a weight has been lifted off I your take chest. back everything I say. October <laughs> Congratulations, Adam Silver. You, you made the right decision. And it ends on April 10th. Can't wait to so watch I think my Charlotte Hornets win it all. They're back to their regular schedule. I think COVID just kind of threw it off. And I thought I'd read things that they were going to try to permanently move it to December as a start. But I think they just had a short and off season. Well, the good year. news is you didn't make anyone look silly by making them start a segment with it. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving swiftly along to one of my favorite segments, we are getting ready to begin here on Compact Discourse. It's Whoa, Yankee with no brim. Hat of the day, which I'm happy to provide for you. For those watching on the video broadcast, get ready to check this one out. For those not watching on video, go ahead and head over to our YouTube page or check it out on Eagle Eye later in the day when you get the chance because you aren't going to want to miss this exciting segment. All right, guys, you ready for this? Yes, 100%. This hat is an Auburn hat, vintage. I got it at the Atelier, which is, uh, I know the three of us, one of our favorite retail locations here in Auburn, Alabama. It is white with a blue brim. Orange underbrim, which I like, all three colors. It's got this great serif font with Auburn. I mean, you haven't seen that since the Chris Porter basketball jerseys back in the day. So this is probably from that era. Uh, it was previously owned by somebody named Rebecca Lakin. So if this hat ever gets lost, I'm probably not going to find it uh, <laughs> as it gets sent to her. And then something I've been noticing on the video feed is that when I turn to the left, you can check out this awesome vintage Auburn logo found on the side. So... Pretty happy with this hat. It might be a game day hat coming up this Saturday as it is a white out, and this is a beautiful white Auburn hat. So that is your Compact Discourse hat of the day. Compact Discourse kind of like a fashion show. Uh, yeah, we had shirt of the day from Davis, his, his thrifted party shirt. Chris is wearing a pretty cool game day polo today, and you've just been served up a hat of the day right here on Compact Discourse. So we might just close the show with that every day if you guys are okay with it. I'm a big fan of the trend of 90s hats where they have, like, an extra logo on the side. Yes. Check I'm, that I, out. I have a few Panthers checking hats. out the computer. I think, look, I, I think I talked about to the Jack about this yesterday. I'm going to get your opinion on it, Chris. What? So you know how there's kind of a big move for vintage clothes now, especially, like, 80s, 90s, maybe sometimes early, early 2000s, specifically, like, sports stuff and stuff like that because, like, the really vibrant, like, pictures and stuff on the shirts – you think in 20 years from now it's going to be like a vintage move for 2010s, 2020s type stuff? Um, I'll give my opinion after yours. I mean, probably. I think so. I think there's always going to be people looking back 20 or so years wanting to get that vintage clothes. But I think the issue with that um, is I just don't see the trend of modern clothes like 50s, 60s, every decade from, you know, the 20th century has had some unique look and vibe about it. I mean, you have like the the hippie vibe of the 60s, the 70s was all about disco, 80s was all about, you know, the pop renaissance, whatnot, 90s grunge, and then even the 2000s had this weird kind of, you know, hip-hop kind of, we're trying to figure things out, but the 2010s... A lot of, lot of clear colored plastic. Yeah. A lot <laughs> of oversized shorts. Oversized suits you can go look at what was it, the 2003 <laughs> nba draft yeah. that everyone likes to reference but the 2010s i mean like what's what's our thing we have like flat corporate modern style cheetah print stuff. i mean the 2010s are over so we can look at it in retrospect yeah but that, that's i like, don't think that's, there, that's the thing i don't think there the was a thing you could there probably was i, I mean like it's, if, it's more about what history is going to remember if, and, and and right now we're we're paralyzed by choice like it could be like ugg boots 
or like silly bands yeah. or yeah, like it could be it could be any one of those it could be those those uh those cookie monster hats you but never know in 20 years if people are clamoring for an abercrombie and fitch shirt and Ugh. a domo hat i i just don't I, see that happening uh, but the thing is i the, that's what your, your kid's going to wear that to the pep rally for 2010's day. I remember that in middle school. So, look, when I talked to my mom about vintage clothes, she wasn't a big fan of it because she lived through it, and she was like, I didn't like it then, so I don't like it now. I think that's how we're going to be in 20 years. Like, why are you wearing that Cookie Monster hat and a mustache shirt? Because we lived through it, and we hated it. Why so do like, you have a troll face on your shirt? <laughs> I'm wearing the pizza leggings to the but we bar. But we won't understand it then because I think that's I think I kind of get it now. I, I get what my mom was saying. I mean, I know, it's, my it's, it's, more, it's, it's a facsimile that gets created by history. Like people, like when you have 80s, 80s day at school, like people in the 80s didn't dress like that. Yeah. Like it's an exa- it's a. Oh, it's but a, they did. It's a, I mean, maybe Not a all. movie. Like they, people, the 80s weren't a monolith. Like, like, here's like, the thing. Uh, like, like Charlie Sheen and Ferris Bueller with like the, the leather vest and the spiked hair. Like I'm sure that... That was that's a guy you could see, but it wasn't such a, like a gaggle of like people always collected together. Not I mean some I mean jeans and a t-shirt's pretty pretty timeless. What we consider like the, I guess, decades hit fashion is like what you would wear on like a night out. You know, like you're right in school. You know, my dad was going to school in the '80s. He wasn't wearing super bright, colorful jackets and stuff. He was wearing like jeans and a white t-shirt with Converse, which. You can see like a hundred people here, probably on campus right yeah. now, wearing that. But it's like, what's what sticks out? What's like the eccentric style of the decade? And I just I can't think of anything for the 2010s. And I don't know if that's just because I grew up in it, and so it's just normal to me. But like, I just like look no further than the LMFAO music videos. That's what people are going to remember <laughs> from that era. I mean, those oh were good fits, but like, arguably, it's it just doesn't really stick out. As much, I don't know. All right, so get excited for everything that's coming up later on this week. I know Davis brought this to my attention, courtesy of Auburn UPC. There is an open mic night September 1st. That is Wednesday. Yeah, it is Wednesday, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. here in the Harold Melton Student Center, second floor lobby next to Starbucks. Sit back and enjoy listening to performances during open mic night. I know UPC has done that in the past. It is a very successful event that they put on, so be sure to check that out this Wednesday evening. Um, That's also brought to you by The Circle and UPC. They collaborate on the open mic night, so look forward to that. Also, look forward to an episode of Compact Discourse later in the week where we are going to bring on some exciting guests. I know J.P. Williams and Will Root are coming on second hour on Wednesday to discuss music. I know there's been a lot of music news going on, something I'm not very learned about, so I'm going to invite some guests in the studio to bring you some news you can use about music. we got Bay Marks coming in, I believe, on Thursday to discuss all of the college football new uniforms that are coming out exciting this season. Lots of cool throwbacks, lots of cool new looks as the college football season really kicks off this weekend. I know week zero, we don't really like to talk about that one. But the season really gets going this weekend. Also, Auburn is at home against Akron this upcoming Saturday. Get hype about that. It is a whiteout game. Put together your white fits because you're going to want to look good and stay cool on Saturday. That's a good time to remind you about our trivia question, which now has not been answered during the live show. So I'm going to open it to the podcast and the reruns. If you are listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube, the video on demand, go ahead and send in your answer to the trivia question. We'll get to you at some point this week. The Australian coat of arms has five animals on it. A kangaroo is one of them. Can you name any of the other 
four. Here's your hint. It's that three of them are birds. One of them is a flightless bird. And one of them, that flightless bird, won a war against the people of Australia, if that gives you some clues about that flightless bird. All right. And the big thing coming up later this week, I believe on Wednesday, we are going to be having a phone interview with the man, the myth, the legend, the Auburn Minecraft Project. He's going to come on the show and talk about the man who is recreating Auburn, Alabama, the loveliest village on the plains, one-to-one scale in the computer game Minecraft. So get ready for that one. It's going to be a pretty fun chat. I'm a veteran of Minecraft myself, and it looks pretty cool. So go ahead and check him out on Twitter to get a primer for what is coming up on Wednesday. I know you guys are excited about that one. All right. Unless you guys have anything else, we're going to get out of here because it is nearly the top of the 10 a.m. hour, and we're going to call it for Compact Discourse today. What do you guys got? Um, let me go ahead and close out by saying that after doing your open mic night, go and hang out, spend some time on campus. You can catch the second half of Cheetah Print, which is this mm. Wednesday, 8 p.m., the first episode. Pretty excited about it. Got some good bangers from uh, 70s and 90s and even the 2010s. So uh, Cheetah Print, Wednesday, 8 p.m. All right, Let's and see. Through the Lens? After Cheetah Print, you can listen to the first Through the Lens episode up about the Suicide Squad movie. And then the Parasite one's going to be coming out this Friday. Sounds like a good one. Sounds like a good time. Good one. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, however you joined us today, whether that be from your terrestrial radio antenna, from WEGLFM.com, or by listening to our podcast or video on demand on WEGL's YouTube page. We would like to remind you that all of our previous episodes are available as a podcast, commercial-free, wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Compact Discourse. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CDISCAU, that's at C-D-I-S-C-A-U, for links to the podcast, important information about the show, and updates, including how you can get your opinion on the air. You can also tweet at us to get your voice on the show and join the conversation, and join Auburn's only student-run morning show. You might want to go ahead and follow WEGL on Twitter and Instagram at WEGL underscore AU. That's WEGL underscore AU. And our dedicated team of marketing professionals are working tirelessly to provide high-quality content for our fans of the station, including a DJ spotlight of Chris Tobias starting today. And with that, for Jack Hart, Alex Houston, Grayson Moyer, Chris Tobias, and Davis Carroll, we wish you a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk at you tomorrow at 8 a.m. on another exciting episode of Compact Discourse. This is Jack Hart signing off, and as always, War Eagle.